Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in the series on the pastoral epistles of St. Paul, with this message entitled, The Promise of Life, preached September the 6th, 2015. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 1. God promised to save us from all eternity. And he promised to save us in Genesis 3.15 through the seed of the woman, Jesus Christ. God alone keeps his promise. Let God be true and all men liars. Friends, eternal life is found only in Jesus Christ. He gives eternal life to anyone who believes in him. St. Paul, an old man, is in a dungeon, in chains, in Rome, waiting to be executed, to be beheaded, for preaching the gospel in obedience to the Lord's command as his apostle. Yet he is not ashamed or afraid. The Lord is with him as he promised to take him to himself to heaven through his death. So he speaks of God's promise of life even as death is staring at him. How can he do this? Because he knows Jesus Christ by his death destroyed our death and brought life and immortality to light. To him to live is Christ and to die is gain. To him to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord forever. So point number one Apostle of Christ Jesus. This last letter of Paul introduces himself as an apostle of Christ. He is saying he is authorized and commissioned by Christ himself to preach the gospel. So that what the apostle says is what Christ himself says. He did not choose himself, nor he was chosen by men, as a pope is chosen. It was not by chance he became an apostle. Neither did he inherit this position from his father. So he says in Galatians 1 verse 1, Paul, an apostle, sent not from men nor by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. He says in 1 Corinthians 9, Am I not free? Am I not an apostle? Have I not seen Jesus our Lord? Are you not the result of my ministry? And we read in Acts 9, Who are you, Lord, when the Lord confronted him? On the road to Damascus. Who are you Lord? 
I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city. And you'll be told what you must do. sir. This is same to every Christian who confesses Christ. He'll tell you what you must do. And you will do what he tells you to do. If you are born of God. In Acts 26. Now get up. And stand on your feet. I have appeared to you to appoint you as a servant. And as a witness of what you have seen of me. And what I will show you. Friends, he is an apostle of Christ Jesus. By the will and command of God. God the Father. As a result, he must proclaim the gospel as a preacher an apostle and a teacher. The will of God, in other words, is the efficient cause of his ministry. Remember they asked Jesus by what authority he was preaching the kingdom of God? The answer is Jesus preached because he was the father's first apostle. The authority of St. Paul, friends, was the authority of the Father and the Son. To reject the gospel is to reject the Father and the Son. So we read in Matthew 10:40, He who receives you receives me, and he who receives me receives the one who sent me. And let me say the authority of God sent pastors is also the authority of Christ when they preach the gospel to you. So we read in Ephesians 4 it was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists and some to be pastors and teachers. Acts 20 we read, keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. The apostle declares through the gospel, God's promise that consists in eternal life. This life is found only in Jesus Christ. Faith in anything or in anybody else is worthless. So we read in Acts 4, salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. Second, the gospel brings eternal life. It brings eternal life to those who are condemned to eternal death. For Paul says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The righteous Son of God died for the unrighteous to give us eternal life. And bring us to God and to glory.
Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus said, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. And no one can snatch them out of my hand. Our Lord Jesus Christ is the promised seed of the woman to crush the head of the devil. Hebrews 2 we read since the children have flesh and blood he too shared it in their humanity so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death that is the devil and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. Do you fear death sir? If you are a Christian You will not fear death because he has given you eternal life. Through faith in Jesus we received eternal life. The promise of the Father. 1 Timothy 1.16 But for that very reason I was shown mercy so that in me the worst of sinners. Worst of sinners sir. Christ Jesus might display his unlimited patience as an example for those who would believe on him and receive eternal life. And St. John tells us in 1 John 2.25 and this is what he promised us even eternal lives. John also says in 1st John 5 and this is the testimony God has given us eternal life and this life is in his son he who has the son has life he who does not have the son of God does not have life Paul writes this brief letter to Timothy who was Pastoring the church in Ephesus in Asia. It is a very personal letter to his beloved son in the faith. Elsewhere he says his true son in the faith. Elsewhere he says my beloved son who is faithful in the Lord. Timothy came to know Jesus Christ in Paul's first missionary journey. Friends, let me tell you a secret. Spiritual relationship is eternal. All God's people belong to God's holy family forever. Enjoying, friends, eternal life. God's family loves God and one another. With an undying love of God. This family love knows no distance. Paul loves Timothy. He loves him as his father. Even though he is in Asia. Far away from him. This letter is written by the apostle to Timothy. And to each one of us. This Letters authority is the authority of God and his son. It is the very word of God. So we read the word of St. Peter. 
Bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation, just as our dear brother Paul also wrote you with the wisdom that God gave him. He writes the same way in all his letters, speaking in them of these matters. His letters contain some things that are hard to understand, which ignorant and unstable people distort as they do the other scriptures to their own destruction. Behind the preacher who faithfully preaches the word, there is the authority of God and the authority of his son. Be careful when you speak against your pastor. Be very careful. Peer and tremble when he speaks from the word of God to you. Timothy must understand that when he speaks God the Father and God the Son in the Spirit is with him. As he teaches and opposes heresies and the heretics. St. Paul earnestly wishes in the Lord grace, mercy and peace to Timothy and all God's people. Grace from God comes to the undeserving. First Timothy 1, the grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly along with faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Mercy from God comes to the helpless. Again, St. Paul says in 1 Timothy 1, here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy. So that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his unlimited patience as an example for those who would believe on him and receive eternal life. Friends, peace of God comes to the enemies of God through Christ's atoning death and reconciliation. So we read in Romans 5, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 5, 10, For if when we were God's enemies... We were reconciled to him through the death of his son. How much more having been reconciled shall we be saved through his life. Grace, mercy and peace come to us from God our Father and Christ Jesus our Lord and not from anyone else. This tells us That Jesus Christ is God, equal with the Father. And Paul and Timothy confessed Jesus Christ as their Lord, their King. So did we thank God. Friends, we obey Jesus Christ above all. I said, friends, we obey Jesus Christ above all. Whom we confessed as Lord. 
Romans 10 that if you confess with your mouth Jesus Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you will be saved and we are saved sir the proof of our salvation is obedience the basis of our salvation is Jesus Christ his death burial and resurrection verse 3 through 5 in greek is one sentence in which he gives thanks to god for timothy's true faith point number 3 is true faith unhypocritical faith paul speaks of his godly heritage and also of timothy's paul's forefathers worshiped the god of abraham isaac and jacob God of the Old Testament is the God of the New Testament. Old Testament saints believed in the promised Messiah. New Testament speaks of the fulfillment of that promise in Jesus, the son of David, the son of Abraham, the son of God. The salvation promised in the Old Testament is salvation in Jesus Christ. Paul and Timothy were blessed with a common faith faith in the God of glory the God of Abraham So we read in Romans 4 and he is also the father of the circumcised who not only are circumcised but also walk in the footsteps of the faith that our father Abraham had before he was circumcised And he tells us in Acts 24, however I admit that I worship the God of our fathers as a follower of the way, which they call a sect. I believe everything that agrees with the law and that is written in the prophets. And I have the same hope in God as these men that there will be a resurrection both of the righteous and of the dead. So I strive always to keep my conscience clear before god and man friends christianity is not a different religion from the old testament it is the full blossoming of the old testament faith my father and the grandfather and great grandfather and the great great grandfather were believers in jesus christ and my grandchildren can say the same thing and my children can say the same thing we were given this great christian heritage it's a blessing to have such spiritual heritage such faith of our fathers the best gift friends we can give to our children and grandchildren is not land houses or securities or a university education but faith in Jesus Christ so joshua said joshua 24 but if serving the lord seems undesirable to you then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve whether the god our forefathers served beyond the river or the gods of the amorites in whose land you are living but as for me and my household 
We will serve the Lord. Can you say that sir? That's a great gift. Christian heritage. Deuteronomy 32. When Moses finished reciting all these words to all Israel. He said to them. Take to heart all the words I have solemnly declared to you this day. So that you may command your children to obey carefully all the words of this law. They are not just idle words for you. They are your life. By them you will live long in the land you are crossing the Jordan to process. And you read recently Isaiah 59. The Redeemer will come to Zion to those in Jacob who repent of their sins. As for me, this is my covenant with them. My spirit who is in you and my words that I have put in your mouth will not depart from your mouth or from the mouths of your children or from the mouths of their descendants from this time on forever. And St. Peter said in Acts chapter 2, the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off. And we read in the book of Acts about household salvation. Paul served God as his forefathers did in clean conscience. With a clean heart, not dirty heart. God will not accept our worship offered with a dirty conscience, a guilty conscience. We are to present our bodies to God as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God as God's royal priests. A good conscience is one that is washed in the blood of Jesus. 1 John 1 verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Matthew 5, therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift because you have a dirty conscience. Leave your gift. There in front of the altar, first go and be reconciled to your brother, then come and offer your gift. Mark 11, and when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him, so that your Father in heaven may forgive your sins. Thank God, dirty conscience can be washed clean by the blood of Jesus. Friends, a good conscience is the result of repentance and obedience of faith. Sin makes us dirty. Unbelief, arrogance makes us dirty. Disobedience makes us dirty. And we just come into the church and we worship, but God is not pleased with you. Number four, he speaks about prayer. St. Paul was engaged in prayers constantly day and night. As he prayed, he remembered many of his friends near and far. And he prayed for them. Friends, let me tell you the truth. In the dungeon, he slept not much. He prayed much. He had a large 
caring heart. He remembered his son Timothy daily and prayed for his needs. He remembered Timothy's tears when he parted from him the last time. He remembered his authentic faith in Jesus Christ, which first dwelt in his grandmother and mother. Yes, Paul was a man of prayer, sir. So we read, pray continually. St. Paul instructs us in Ephesians 6, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Pray also for me, that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given me, so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. And you know he was stripped and beaten and thrust into an innermost cell in Philippi. They put his feet in stocks. And we read after they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into a prison. And the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. Upon receiving such orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Other prisoners were listening to him. Daniel, sir, prayed three times. And was thrown into the lion's den. Jesus prayed night and day. My parents prayed at 4 a.m., 12 noon, and 7 p.m. They prayed for the salvation of their children with tears. And I pray for all of you day and night several times. Expressing the needs of the church to God. Let me ask you friends. Do you pray regularly for your children? And for brothers and sisters in Christ. Paul was longing to see his son Timothy one more time before his death. Friends, this was his last wish. What is he looking for? Point number five, fellowship. Apostle longed for fellowship. And we read in the book of Acts, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship. Friends, God's love is shed abroad in our hearts in abundance by the Holy Spirit. And this love communicates by letters, by phone call, by email. This love prays for the people of God. This love gives, this love sacrifices, and this love seeks fellowship with God's people. When you don't love God's people, you are not saved. Christ builds the church, each one connected to everyone else. Listen, sir, when we believe in Christ, our loneliness comes to an end. There are some people who want to go away to some place to get lost. The most important thing in this world is church. To be part of a church. 
that preaches the gospel. I said when we believe in Christ our loneliness comes to an end. God dwells in us and we live in fellowship with God and other God's children in Christ. In Christ's holy church. We look forward to the Sabbath day worship and rest. We are filled with the joy of the Lord when we see our brothers and sisters, fathers and mothers and children. Friends, it is truly heaven on earth. In the New Testament church, they kissed one another. Men kissed men, women kissed women and children, expressing the love of Christ. So we read Romans 16, greet one another with a holy kiss. Peter says the same thing, 1 Peter 5.14, greet one another with a kiss of love. We are one. All people of God are one. In the letter to the Hebrews we read in chapter 10 and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Paul cannot go to see Timothy. He is in chains. So he longs and prays for Timothy to come to him. Paul remembers Timothy's tears. Friends, we are not stones. To cry, I say, is human. Jesus cried. During the days of his life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with loud cries and tears. My parents cried when I left them to come here to minister. And Paul cried many times. So we read Acts 20. So be on your guard. Remember that for three years I never stopped warning each of you night and day with tears. Friends, we shall stop crying. Only when we are with God forever. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command. With the voice of the archangel And with the trumpet call of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we shall be with the Lord forever. And St. John tells us in Revelation 21, he will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning, or crying, or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. Paul says, Timothy, please come to see me before my death, that I may be filled with joy. He says, I thank God for your authentic faith in Jesus Christ, which first dwelt in your grandmother, and your mother and I am fully convinced that it dwells in you authentic faith unhypocritical faith true faith 
Friends, what a blessing it is for Timothy, this apostolic certification of his faith. Timothy, my son, fear nothing. You are a child of God. You are saved forever. You possess eternal life in Christ. God's Holy Spirit dwells in you. You are not alone. Death cannot destroy me. It cannot destroy you. Jesus has destroyed our death and gave us life immortal. We are winners in Jesus. The biggest loser is the devil and all who are under his control. All those who will not believe in our Lord Jesus Christ. Friends, suffering, death and sorrow and tears will last a little while longer. Then Christ will come to usher in glory and fullness of life and indescribable joy. Sin shall be no more. Death shall be no more. Tears too shall be no more. There shall be a new heaven and a new earth where God will dwell with his people. That is true life indeed. The last chapter of our Bible speaks three times of the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. With my parents and in-laws and all the blessed saints, all who died in the Lord. So we read Revelation 22, 7, Behold, I am coming soon. 22.12 Behold I am coming soon My reward is with me And I will give to everyone According to what he has done Revelation 22.20 He who testified to these things says Yes I am coming soon And the church says Amen, Amen. Come Amen. Lord Jesus then and only then we will be filled with the joy of the Lord in full measure. Remember Jesus said in John 15:11, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Let me ask you this. Do you possess now and forever eternal life? The Bible says, make your calling and election sure. Number two, have you trusted in Jesus Christ alone for your salvation? Not in lands, in money, in people, in kings, in presidents. In him alone is found life and salvation, grace, faith and love. Everything we need is in Jesus Christ. He is the embodiment of our salvation. Number three, can your pastor certify that saving faith dwells in you for certain? Number four, can you say to me to live is Christ and to die is gain? Number five, can you confess with Paul Jesus Christ is my Lord, whom I obey. 
Do you pray always, day and night, for the church, for your children, and for yourself? Number seven, can you really say, I am not afraid of death? Because Christ has destroyed my death when he was crucified, buried, and risen again. Number eight, do you pray for the salvation of your children and teach them from infancy the Holy Scriptures? Listen to what John Calvin said. Timothy was reared in his infancy in such a way he could suck in godliness along with his mother's milk. So we read how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures which are mighty to make you wise unto salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. What about your children? They are to suck in godliness along with mother's milk. That's what happened to me. Heavenly Father, we pray that you bless this word to your people. In Jesus' name, amen.